Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Blair White, thank you so much for uh, making time for this. I'm very excited. I will yeah, say the only time that I have ever lost subscribers for saying something in a video is when someone asked me what YouTubers I like, and I mentioned you, and I instantly lost a few hundred subs that day. Holy <laughs> sh! Yeah. Ew, so people are I'm so sure, mean. Yeah, well, I'm sure this one's going to be popular, but I don't care because I love your content, and I'm very excited to talk to you. Well, I'm going to tell my fans to subscribe to you when this comes out, so we'll offset any haters. I hope so. Yeah. Well, for anybody who is not familiar with you and your content, how would you describe yourself and your channel and what you do? Oh, okay. So I am, I guess, a YouTuber first and foremost, but I feel like even just the word YouTuber has changed so much because now it's content gets turned into so many different things. Uh, but YouTuber, I have a YouTube channel with over a million subscribers. I have a podcast that I'm trying to grow currently that has a cute little 300K. Um, and I, I guess, rose to popularity through talking about trans issues from a perspective that people aren't used to quite hearing from a center-right political perspective. Uh, and I've also made a lot of videos about like my personal life. So my And for anybody who's not aware you are trans yeah and uh a lot of my supporters are also very like invested in me as a person because i've done so many personal videos so not a lifestyle youtuber but like my lifestyle is also part of it so it's a big cluster f uh but i do political commentary and it's a really wild world to be a part of and i was just saying to you off camera like i really enjoy um, when I get to do any podcasts that aren't like centered solely on that, not that I'm not down to talk about that cause I totally am, but like branching out a little bit always just feels so good. Well, I do have some questions about politics and all that yeah. kind of stuff, but the thing that, uh, I, I think, I think I just, well, I definitely discovered you through my wife. I think it was during the whole like James Charles thing. Um, oh. I forget you were in someone's video talking about like, I forgot about that. <laughs> bye sister uh i have no idea what he's even up to these days but that that's yep. yeah <laughs> that's where i discovered you um and uh and and since then we just kind of went down the rabbit hole um you know we like your takes on political stuff but what i thought was interesting is I, don't, I don't remember when it was but i was like oh she was an emo kid i, I maybe it was yeah. like you Maybe you posted, it might have been when you posted about being at a dance game and dance show or something like that. 
uh, I don't remember, but tell us about that side of you for anybody who may not be familiar. And really quick, before we go any further, have you checked out my Patreon? Patrons get early access to all my main channel videos and my podcasts. I also do giveaways sometimes. For example, I just gave away a pair of these Eargasm earplugs. And if you want me to review your music, there's a way to do that as well. All you gotta do is join at the $10 and up level, then every month I do a call for submissions. If you want me to review something, all you gotta do is drop it in the comments of that post, then I will review it live on Twitch and post it on Patreon for everyone to see. So if that sounds cool, hit the link in the description of this video and I appreciate your support. Yeah. So music was actually like a really big part of my life growing up just as a fan, not as a, I'm not a musician or talented or inclined in that in any way. Uh, but you know, I grew up growing, going to hardcore shows. Uh, I was a big fan of like post hardcore and like all that fucking like mall emo shit, like MySpace shit that like seems to be the biggest thing for like four years and then disappeared. Uh-huh. Uh, although I still listen to it. It's still comfort food for me. You know, it's, it's not as if those bands aren't on my Spotify right now. Um, and then also, you know, it's been really interesting doing political commentary because what I've noticed is that the music industry is so obviously stifling of any yeah. political opinions that aren't in line with like mainstream narrative, even for bands that aren't mainstream or haven't achieved mainstream success, yes. what I've noticed, which is so crazy. So for yeah, it's like, if we- you don't parrot basically the mainstream Democrat talking points, you know, there's no room for you in the alternative music scene, which is bizarre yeah. to me. Yeah. Which is crazy because, you know, I think when people also a big like punk fan and like when people think of that entire world lifestyle genre, it doesn't necessarily go hand in hand, I think, with the perspective of like being stifling of free thought and all that. But what I've noticed Simping is for the president. Right. You know, like <laughs> like that's punk now. <laughs> right. Like so I I grew up and I definitely had like a against me, no effects, anti-flag phase. And like what's been really they they're so entitled to their own opinions and like yeah of course i i run my mouth every day and like the shit i say doesn't translate to so many people and so it goes both ways but like it's been interesting because like laura jane grace is like the lead singer of Uh against me and she came out as trans uh one of the first trans people i was aware of yeah Um, her and mina from life of agony were probably the two (laughs) first trans people i ever was aware of Right. Which is like when she came out, I thought it was so fucking cool. And it was right before I came out. So in some ways it kind of like helped me, you know, not become trans because you don't become trans by seeing another trans person, but, you know, gave me a little bit of a, okay, other Mm -hmm. people are doing this and an artist that I really enjoy is doing this. Um, And a a couple years back, she like retweeted something really disgusting about me, like hateful. And I was like, damn, that sucks. But I think, (laughs) but I think that that's, um, almost more of just like a being a public figure thing. Yeah. You know, but, and then, you know, I went to an anti-flag show. What was it? Maybe like a year ago. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, and they were doing like some, you know, pro vaccine rant on stage. And I'm just like, they have criticized big pharma before. And the idea that yeah. they're on board with medical tyranny, you know, we don't have to get so deep into that in my own opinion, but I'm against it. Uh, and that was, less than amazing to be around but at the same time uh 
I still enjoy all of their music and I still love them. And then you mentioned Dance Gavin Dance. Funny, uh, for whatever reason, I became friends with like multiple people in that band. Um, unfortunately, the person I met all of them through was Tim who died. Um, and he was actually like a really good friend of mine. And uh, I like Tilly and hung out with him a few times since then as well. So yeah, I've kind of loosely involved in like that world and people don't really know that because they don't have a lot of space to talk about that uh but yeah so who would you say if you gave us like your top five you know 2000s post-hardcore screamo whatever Ooh. bands what's your top five? Oh shit just know five. that whatever you say a day to remember people... oh, sorry Whatever you say, people are going to say it's a terrible list and it's all wrong and you have awful taste, so you can't oh, for answer sure. this question correctly. <laughs> oh, for sure. Uh, top five, I would say, I'm going to rank it by like the bands that occupied sort of the most space around me, not necessarily necessarily like my playlist, but like my friends who were in that shit. Uh, a Day to Remember was obviously like a huge force in that little world. Um, I would say Dance Gavin Dance. I mean... They're, they still do so well now. And it's, I'm not even saying mm -hmm. that just because I, you know, am friends with them. It's, they still do so well. Uh, maybe like senses fail. Okay. Fucking. Mm, Paramore is not like post hardcore. Close enough. It, it's all sort of relative. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is that for? Uh, I mean, you can go more than under, five if you want. Yeah. Okay. Under Oath. Yeah, all those bands. I still love all of them, and they still are in my rotation. Got it. Well, you know, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, I mean, honestly, if I were, like, if I were you, I would be a little bit nervous to go to those shows, you know, because people might literally actually attack you. You know, I totally understand that thought process, and it's not as if that doesn't enter my mind when I go in any public spaces, especially because I'm not just talking politics, right? Like I talk trans politics a lot, which is right. so fucking contentious. And for whatever reason, despite it being such a small group of people has become like one the of the main national, rod. it's like yeah. the political football yeah. right now. I think just maybe by virtue of it being 2023 and it's like, we're still a while away from, you know, presidential election, but I don't know. But anyways, I have found that people are actually so kind to me. You know, I, I online, I think can sometimes fool people into thinking that yeah. it's something different, but people are so kind to me and I find friends in the most unexpected places, uh, not really at the anti-flag show, but <laughs> right. in, in a lot of like adjacent spaces like that, I, I find a lot of people um, are very kind to me. And I think a lot of people, even if they don't like the politics stuff in that world, maybe have, even though it's shallow, some level of respect just based on the fact that I'm like a trans woman. So it's all good. It's always all good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so too. You know, people have said this a million times, but it's, it's correct that Twitter is not real life. Right. You know, the, the number of people who have a super strong opinion of you or me on Twitter is just, it, it's like a drop in the ocean and the vast majority of people do not give a shit what you or I think about anything or even know that we exist. Yeah. And then there's also like, it's so based on which platform too, right? Because like, if you look at YouTube comments, like my YouTube comments are so overwhelmingly positive and it's not just, you know, 
my own videos. It's like when I do interviews and stuff. Uh, but then Twitter is just like fucking crazy. But you know, it is what it is. I, I totally know what I've signed up for. And also I've been doing this for seven years. So I'm definitely, uh, I was made for this. You know, I grew up fighting because I was like, I grew up in Northern California, which if people don't know, that's like, especially back in the mid 2000s, late 90s, that's Kansas. That's the Kansas of Fresno, today. Is that right? Uh, no, I grew up in a town called Chico, California. Oh, Chico. And, okay. Yeah. And that Close is like sort of near Sacramento. Um, yeah. So yeah, Northern California, people who don't- Not know, as bad as Fresno. No, no, no. <laughs> Definitely not. And it's, she's definitely not, you know, stocked in, although like I grew up going to the Bay area, like a lot, especially as I got older, but, uh, so I grew up being like, is this going to be edited? Can I say a slur? Can I not say a slur? You can say whatever you want. I'll edit it out if you want. Okay. It's up to your discretion. I don't give a fuck, but like I grew up being the right. So like I was in this, you know, very, you know, religious old school conservative area and you know by the time i was five years old i was getting called a f- which is like how do these kids even know that word first of all and like what is that word when that was my whole thought process um and so i grew up getting fucking jumped fighting like and i had like an innate sense of like everyone around me was somewhat an enemy and which sounds yeah. like a psychotic way to grow up because it was but also you know I do think that that was so necessary to shaping the space I hold now in my career, which is one that's super contentious and one where people have very strong feelings about me for whatever reason, even when I was a kid back then, very few people were like neutral on me. It was always like they had a very strong opinion and that's how people are now, which I try to unpack. Sometimes I'm like, man, I, I, I see so many political commentators that people have like, somewhat neutral opinions on you know i mean even like a a ben shapiro it's like he's very hated but at the same time people don't necessarily lose their fucking minds over him like they would maybe like a matt walsh people know yeah well yeah matt walsh is especially awful in my opinion but i'm not a fan i'm not a fan and i think that that is a one of the misconceptions about me out there is that because i land on the center right and because i have worked with a lot of people in right-wing media not matt walsh by the way um that like i'm friends with all of them and like i find the overwhelming majority of them to be lame as fuck and i don't want anything to do with them on a personal level so uh because you know it's like i don't know anytime i'm invited to any like right-wing event any speaking thing any conservative conference I say no, I would say 99% of the time uh, because they're just not a group of people I like being around. They're not your people. No, they're not my people. And I think people um, that are maybe more so my detractors or people who are critical of me uh, have that misconception that I I hold my beliefs for the sake of being part of a group. And that's just not the case because- I don't, I've never really thought that way. I've always held the beliefs I have because I genuinely hold them. Uh, And I don't, you know, let's say, let's bring up um, any foreign policy. I'm not going to decide whether or not I hold that belief based on Matt Walsh being a dick or not. Like that's a weird, it's a weird thing. 
because uh, I can think of so many fucking dicks on the left and I can think of so many ways in which, you know, the left fails trans people if that's what they want to focus on. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, I don't do groups. I, I do Blair. <laughs> that's what, that's always, I mean, that's what drew me to your content is, you know, I think of you, well, first of all, like, you know, a trans emo kid, that is not what I think of as like Turning Point USA poster child. You know what I mean? No, and so, I'm not. Like, to, yeah, to put you in that bucket to me is bizarre. And I think of you as just someone who's like very rational and analytical and, and nuanced. And if your opinions land on the right, they land on the right. But I, I, I don't I mean, I don't really think of you as like a conservative necessarily. No, and, and I don't see this is the thing about being uh, a public figure and being someone who in so many people's minds represents so much right it's like i have so many of these not scarlet letters on me but so many of these things that i signal and represent to people without even me trying so like you know i I watch so many podcasts uh where all of a sudden the trans bathroom debate will come up and my fucking name will come up 90 percent of the time well what about if it's blair white and it's like so being that sort of like caricature almost in people's minds it elicits a lot of emotions and so a lot of times they make up narratives that aren't necessarily true which one of them is that i I call myself a conservative never called myself a conservative i'm definitely not a liberal um i definitely on a technical level am a republican because that's the way i've always voted uh but conservative i mean i think of a matt walsh i think of a michael knowles i think of a yeah uh those people and limbaugh or something yeah, and and I find those people fucking lame. I find those people yeah. um to they be don't get it. They they don't get it and I find those people to be um just as collectivist as X figures on the left that I despise, yeah. you know. They're the Collect- same thing, just the opposite yeah. polarity. Yeah, like anyone who feels as though their goal is to impose their way of life on other people, I don't like that shit, you know, because Yeah as a living, breathing outlier on so many things, you know, I'm an outlier. I'm fucking trans. That's like a 0.000, whatever percent of the population. No, it's 30%. Uh, well, well, in 2023, it's like 30% with, you know, yeah. all these, you know, all these children want to pretend and think, but anyways, you know, I, I live my life on so many different, you know, outliers and like edges of, of communities. And I have my toes in so many different things around my feet feet in so many different worlds that the nuanceless collectivist mentality that I find on both the right and the left um, just doesn't, it doesn't serve me in my life. And I know it doesn't serve so many other people because so many people are like individuals. A lot of people are fucking drones, but a lot of people are fucking individuals. And it doesn't mean that I, but that's the other thing. People will find contradiction in that and say, well, then why do you vote for one side or the other? Well, because I like everyone else, fucking make the best out of my options you gotta vote for something right and i've lived in a blue state in a blue city and i've lived now in a blue city in a red state and i gotta say that's my fucking favorite the blue city in a red state thing moi it's like the best of everything you get like the art from the left you get the rationality from the right and it's like the best of both fucking worlds so like we live you remember the evergreen state college with like the you know brett weinstein stuff and everything from like five years ago Mm-hmm. So we live uh, directly in between that and the biggest army base on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that same thing of like some of our neighbors have like 
you know, thin blue line flags outside their houses because they're like in the army. And then our other neighbor has a Black Lives Matter flag and everyone gets along. Right. And that's how it is here in Austin, too. Like, there's so many fucking libs, but there's so many conservative people. And for the most part, people do get along. And it's hard because you you have to do the best with your options. You have to pick the lesser of two evils when you vote. And I don't know, dude, like I lived through 2020 in, you know, Los Angeles, blue city, blue state. And like <sighs> seeing the extent to which the government there was allowed to step on people, step on people's businesses, destroy yep. people's mental health with no regard, um, you know, keep people in their homes, like literally take people's freedoms from them. Let people literally burn down the city and do nothing right. about it. Right. So I'm supposed to, because I'm a tranny, I'm supposed to be like, you okay, have blue, to align with yeah, that blue team. Good because tranny, but also like, I didn't have any freedom for two fucking years. Like, And there's also right. a disconnect because a lot of the sort of like white upper middle-class liberal people who seem to hate me the most out of any other group, you know, they didn't, they don't live in places like Los Angeles, Seattle, Chicago, New York, where, you know, the extent of that tyranny really manifested, you know, they live in the fucking suburbs where maybe it was something in the middle and like, they could still go to their little nail salons and they could still sometimes go to work. Whereas in, in Los Angeles, it's like, no, they turned that city into a wasteland. It was terrifying. You couldn't, you almost didn't want to leave your house even though you wanted to, cause you were locked down because the only people outside were fucking crazy. Um, yeah. And it's kind of, I, I feel like it's still sort of, I mean, Seattle is still in Portland. The whole West coast is still basically kind of living the aftermath of that. It's not, absolutely. it's not the same. Even three years absolutely. later, it's not the same. Absolutely. And then I'm such a big bodily autonomy person, you know, and the idea of the government enforcing, I get injected with literally anything for any purpose whatsoever. And anyone who feels like I should align with that because tranny. <sighs> no. Well, they, no. they hate the people, the, the people that they hate the most are the ones who are supposed to follow the script and don't like if mm-hmm. you're a black Republican or trans Republican or some, or, you know, any basically, you know, the, the people who they believe have to follow the script and are like, no, nah, I'm an individual. Those are the ones that they despise the most. Absolutely. And so that's why, you know, I'm not some fucking hypercentrist, but I do see that collectivism, you know, rage, it's disgusting, ugly, oppressive head on both sides. And that's why I don't, I don't get in line with either side. And I feel like anyone who perfectly aligns with any side is muting some part of themselves, right? They are denying at least a certain segment of the intellect that they could like allow themselves to have because that just doesn't make sense. If you fall in line with every Republican talking point, every Democrat talking point, like, are you even human? Are you okay? Are you a dog? Do you have like a, a fucking, <laughs> right. but I also know that most people really do only hold positions to put themselves into a group, to be part of a group, yeah. to have a community. And that's, that's that tribe mentality that, you know, has in some ways and a lot of ways, allowed our species to even like get to this point. So I get it. And, but I actively fight against it because it doesn't make sense for my life. Like it just doesn't. (laughs) 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station. It was a lifestyle. It is a rock and roll city for sure. I feel like chocolate. Get down! The wrath of the buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. So you mentioned um, kind of coming up in that like 2000s emo kind of era. And one of the interesting things I thought about that era is there were a lot of conservative Christians in the scene at that time. For example, like Under Oath. I mean, like on, I don't know if you've heard it, but on their very first album, they have like a pro-life song. Um, the one where they were yeah. like deathcore. Yeah, and there was that. this band I loved called like, um, it was one of all that shit. Uh-huh. Paramore was a Christian band. Yeah, they were. They were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it was fine. Nobody cared. I remember like under oath, I interviewed them way back then, and they talked about voting for Bush. And maybe people rolled their eyes a little bit, but nobody really cared. Um, mm-hmm. It it felt like there was a lot more room for that. Um, did you? Were you like? conservative you know what i mean like did you have the politics that you have back then or or is that something that came later tell me about that uh it's definitely something that came a little later um pretty much right when i became an adult and started like having to pay my own bills then i was like oh <laughs> funny this- how that works isn't yeah it? <laughs> it's like oh so taxes and like yeah. you know all that shit uh but you know as a teenager i definitely was I was super like vegan. A lot of people, I've done some videos mm-hmm. on that. I was vegan. I fucking was one of those people hanging out with like a bunch of straight edge kids, although I wasn't okay. so straight edge. Um, I was a lot more socially liberal and I still am socially liberal to some extent. But so if you're hanging out with vegan straight edge kids and stuff, which I, I was that back in the day, um, you're pretty far deep down the like, I mean, that's like actual like radical leftist stuff. I mean, like when I was a kid, you know, Earth Crisis had songs about like eco-terrorism and shit. And I thought that was cool. Like I was a fan of eco-terrorism when I was 14 years old. That makes sense. You know? Did you ever fall down the fucking um, like Gary Yurofsky pipeline and get super radicalized by all those people? Uh, no. Who's that? Oh, he's a he's like a one of the more radical. I don't know if he's even still around, but during like that era, um, he was like a vegan. He would like do little YouTube videos and like encourage people to like. Uh, attack like animal farms. Oh, uh, I don't know him, but I, I was, no, I was totally into that. I went to like fur right. protests and had friends that got arrested for being part of those things and all that kind of stuff. So that's cool. <laughs> and, I mean, it, and, I mean, now I don't think it's so cool because I see like both. No, but sides, I respect but, it because at least yeah. it's, at least they're putting their money where their mouth is. So like, for example, this hardcore girl I know from back in the day was on the news because she actually stabbed a Nazi at some rally a few years ago. Um, now, whether that is the best life choice for her is another conversation, but I respect that she's, you know, there's all these punch Nazi people that will never actually even be in the same fucking, you know, county as a real Nazi. Well, sh- yeah, I mean, I, I, I love anyone who just nuts up and does what the fuck they, you know, yeah. talk about. 
but yeah, so I, I, but it's interesting because like you said, that was sort of like the far left radicalism back then, but even back then it wasn't necessarily how it is like now, you know, because no, you know, I knew like, I knew about some trans shit as a teenager and there was like, you know, I always had gender dysphoria. And so I knew that it was like a thing to transition, but it just didn't seem possible to me um, until a little later around like 1920. Uh but even back then, like there was not a lot of these more radical notions about what that meant and um, what that encompassed. And, you know, I didn't have any, you know, misconception that when I did transition, that meant I was going to be a woman. I thought it meant I would be a transsexual. And yeah. now to say that is akin to Nazism, which is fucking crazy. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't fucking get it. Let's um, let all the, uh, cis white men tell the trans woman what she's allowed to think say and believe about herself but it always be those motherfuckers doing that like and it's crazy because they will let any other like trans identified person explain their identity in the most fucking complex like you know they can use as many labels as they want and they can you know intellectualize it however they want and you know being trans means this abstract concept but if i'm just like yeah no i'm just like a tranny which is like not necessarily a woman they they can't fucking take it um that means you hate trans people right or it means that i'm like trying to suck conservative dick or something right. and it's like that's the other thing people really are obsessed with this concept of like me having sex with all these like conservative influencers which a lot have tried um but i don't do that. <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> Yeah. Um, so it's, it is funny. And, you know, there's also the narrative that like Blair White's friends all hate her. And I always say it's like name names here because I need you to, to explain to me who you think my friends are, because no, I haven't you, I haven't heard this one. So what? Tell, yeah. Tell me. Explain this. Yeah. So there's this idea, like I kind of said earlier, that like I'm like kicking it with like Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh and fucking like all these people. And so there's this narrative that like Blair White, you know, uh, regurgitates their talking points in their politics and they keep her around because she's useful but they really fucking hate her and they right. hate trans people on the shit and like i'm sure ben shapiro to a large extent does fucking hate trans people i attack i think these. he actually does i think yeah. ben shapiro is an actual bigot if you listen to the way he talks about trans people or black people like i, I have no other explanation for it i haven't heard much of the black shit but you know he like he did listen to the way he talks about like rap like anything involving oh. like black culture, it's, it's like I hate when know, they do that shit. Music, you're just like, dude, that sound, that's some like serious like racist grandpa shit. I actually I agree with that. I hate when they do the fucking rap black culture shit because I think that there is like a fucking productive and intellectual way to critique toxic aspects of any culture. Of but course. when, but when you start dipping into the art and the, it's like, dude, go fuck yourself. Like, um, I don't hate black people. I just hate everything they say and do. Yeah, I just hate Unless everything they enjoy. So she's one of the good ones. Right. Just just everything they enjoy is what I hate. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but he did some shit, some fuck shit the other day uh, where he, it was right after the Nashville tragedy. Um, I'll be careful with what I say because that's a sensitive whatever for YouTube. But um, he tried to pull some like, well, maybe trans people should be stripped of their second amendment rights. And right, I'm like, right. I'm like, excuse me. 
So the man who has been anti-red flag laws for years, the man who purports to be this fucking conservative warrior, this fucking pro-2A motherfucker, you know, is letting fear of a group of people strip him of his ability to see that he's compromising his principles that he supposedly has and defends so so fiercely and i'm just not fucking built that way the same way that during covid like i wasn't willing to give up my fucking bodily autonomy and my freedom because i may have been scared even during that brief period when we really did think it was like a virus that was going to like wipe out all of mankind so when i see people like that i'm like oh so you're a weak bitch like you let that emotion completely take you out of character but you know so i there are absolutely examples of people on the right who um really just fucking hate trans people and don't fucking like trans people and and i think that people think i'm blind to that and it's like i don't know i i don't know why they think that you know i'm lying i definitely know why they think that they're definitely want to they they want to invalidate you as an individual and they want to make you into just this puppet that can't think for yourself. Well, there's that part of it, but then there's also, you know, there are a lot of people on the right that say a lot of shitty things about trans people that I don't necessarily feel an instinctual need to jump on them and attack them publicly. Unless it's something serious. Like you're talking about taking away my second amendment. For people yeah. don't know, I am now like a firearms collector. I have like, I think between 15 the famous and pink AR. Yeah, I have a lot of pink guns. I have between 15 and 20 uh, firearms now, and I'm just a big pro 2A person. But, you know, so when it gets into that territory, it's like, we got to fucking talk. When you talk about taking away my rights, the rights I actually care about, uh, then we got to talk. But, you know, there are people who paint trans people with all the fucking weird bathroom shit going on and all that shit and the, and the trans kid stuff. And sometimes they don't do the best job of, you know, keeping it strictly about, protecting children and they bring adults who are not harming adults into it. And I don't necessarily always criticize them publicly because I feel as though the fight to protect children from the ways in which trans ideology is harming them takes precedent. And I don't want to, we can get to the point where I'm fucking talking about defending trans shit where maybe I would after we solved the kid thing because that is a big problem for me. The kid stuff. There's also plenty of other people going after, you know, those people on the right for being transphobes. So it's like, do you need to also be voice number 10,001? Like, is that really going to make a difference? Right. And I think that it also, people have to understand my position. If I'm up here fighting all these conservatives all day who say something less than emotionally, uh, kind about trans people or even myself i really strip my ability to i strip myself of my ability to go on these platforms and talk about the things that i feel like desperately need to be changed i really do think the ways in which kids are getting caught up in this ideology having sex changes underage that is the biggest issue happening right now and so we can get to the point of me educating them about like for example let me just get into this. There, there was this um, episode of Tim Cast, and for people who don't know, I do consider Tim Pool a friend. I have worked with Tim so many times. I've been a guest on Tim's show. 
Um, I just did an event with Tim, Alex Jones, Phil Labonte at the Vulcan in Austin. It was a sold out event. It was amazing. And so I am so thankful for the fact that Tim has consistently platformed me. He's grown my audience by putting me on a show. However, there was like this episode of Jimcast where, you know, they were just going on and on about bathroom shit. And like, I was being used as an example and fucking like, is it gay or is it not gay to fucking have sex with, you know, a trans woman? And like, you know, Tim's opinion, he just felt so justified and objective in it. He had no idea what he was talking about on so many, so many of the aspects of it. And I'm just like, man, someday we're going to get to the point where I can publicly talk about these more nuanced issues. We just got to get the kids shit out of the way. And then I can fucking go on air and tell Tim pool that, you know, how I feel about some of those other more shallow things, but I'm not going to get caught up in arguing about if it's gay or not to suck my dick when there's kids being abused. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. I, just, I can't. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're, we're kind of putting the cart before the horse. Well, right. I think, I don't know if you call it a debate, but your, your debate with Ben Shapiro I thought was like one of the best moments in that whole conversation I have ever seen. Um, I'm not sure if he's still like this. I think he is. But for anybody who's not familiar at the time, at least he was refusing to use pronouns for trans women in a way that I think was like very, you know, rude and ignorant. Like, you know, you're you're a man. I'm going to call you a man. And I thought you did just an amazing job of like of patiently sort of showing him and everyone else why he was wrong and you know he's a smart guy i don't like him very much but he's a smart guy it's not easy to debate him and you very clearly won that exchange how do you feel about that moment looking back on it now yeah so it's interesting you know not that i need credit from people on the left or people who hate me because i'll never get that and i'm so comfortable with that i'm not in this to be liked i'm just in it to be me but it's interesting how people don't necessarily bring moments like that up because I've actually debated a few conservatives and fucking demolished them publicly. Um, and Ben Shapiro, you know, that wasn't a demolish moment because it was more of a calm exchange of course, but yeah, I, I, you know, that made it more of a demolishment. The fact that you weren't yelling and screaming, you're just like, well, let me just ask you a couple questions because I know how these people work. I know that the minute there is even a drop of emotion coming out of me you lose in these conversations for which they're often very emotional topics and so my ability to turn that off maybe some people give me some kind of fucking credit for that um but i know how they work i know how you have to communicate to them and i told him you know uh you know pronouns aren't just this fucking cringe political ba- like battleground that everyone including yourself are trying to make it there's also a utilitarian aspect to it yeah you know there's also like it actually makes less sense to force yourself to say he for any human being who doesn't look that way um and like there was a moment you were like i think if you walked into a restaurant and and yeah you know we're trying to point me out would you say that's him over there obviously not right and i knew that would get him because I know how real life works because I really live my life as a real trans person. I don't go around getting called. He, I don't go around with people, even these, you know, like I said before, I declined doing a lot of conservative events and stuff, but the ones that I do do, even the most staunch fucking like wake up every day and tweet about trans shit until they go to sleep. People ever say (laughs) he for me, not one person. There's a lot of them though. And it's really bad. Yeah. And even they, like, it's just, it would be insane to call you a man. That's just, 
it's ridiculous to say he. That's just nobody would do that. Right. And, you know, I'm not I have no issue with talking about biology with any of that shit. Like I am biologically male. That is the fucking point of being sure. a trans woman. Like, right. That's why we have a different word for it. If I wasn't biologically male, I wouldn't be trans. I wouldn't be a trans woman. So, you know, but so there's a difference between real life and the internet. And so people get confused in the discourse. And a lot of people also, including the ones that are, you know, very pro-trans, don't have actually any real world experience interacting mm-hmm. with trans people or being trans themselves. So the shit say they say doesn't make sense. Like the people who um, really believe that it's, you know, reasonable to go around asking every person they interact with their fucking pronouns or saying Zer or saying yeah. all this shit. It's like, it's not, it's, that's not how it works. Um, to me, it was like the Ben Shapiro moment. I don't remember if I made this comparison in the video, but Blair today would have totally made this comparison. It's kind of like an adopted parent. So if you know that this child has a set of parents who adopted them, they're not, they're not biologically linked. Biologically speaking, they cannot be classified as parents. Right. Are you really going to be the dick who bends down to the kid and was like, you know, you should really stop calling your parents parents because biologically they're not parents. It's like, you can be correct in that. That doesn't make the social and utilitarian aspect of classifying these people as this child's parent, not parents, you know? Yeah. Number one, you're an asshole. Number two, it's just sort of illogical to, right. to pound on that point that's ultimately kind of meaningless. And I mean, it goes both ways because there are plenty of trans people that do make it hard to use their pronouns correctly. It's like there really are. And this is where yeah. I see both sides of everything. You know, I think of this TikTok yeah. I reacted to with this trans woman and it's just a bearded man, bald, yelling outside of a woman's bathroom about how he's not being let in. And it's like screaming about how he wants to be called she. And it's like, that's not how that works either. There is, there, right. there is a give and take. There is this aspect of like, if I'm going to move to China, I'm going to make some sort of attempt to learn Chinese, to speak it, to integrate myself somewhat into their culture. The same way that if I want to be a trans woman, I'm going to make the physical effort and then also the social effort to be seen that way. And then in return, society will react hopefully in the way that I wish. And it does for me. And I wish that for every genuine trans person, but the people with unrealistic expectations in the trans community of how they're supposed to be treated are also an issue because that feeds into the right. Like you're, you're giving them these fucking clips of these psychopaths and then you defend the psychopaths, but then Blair White's the devil. And it's like, no, the, the man outside the woman's bathroom calling women for not being allowed in the bathroom does way more damage than I could ever do. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I talked about this um, with, with my podcast to do with Phil Levante, but I think the media does a huge, like, especially the mainstream kind of left-oriented media does a huge disservice to trans people because mm-hmm. the only trans people they platform are crazy. And, like, right. I know a lot of trans people through just, you know, my audience and whatnot. Some of them I've known for, like, 10 years, and all of them are super nice I don't know if I'd call them normal necessarily because we're all weird if we're into the stuff we're into. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm weird too. Yeah. They're all super nice, chill people that nobody would have any issue with interacting with them in real life that do not resemble at all the insane people I see on TikTok and CNN right. and stuff. I, and if I was trans, I would be furious about this. Absolutely. Um, and that's why, you know, 
even though we, you know, throughout this conversation have talked a lot about all the trans people who hate my guts and how I'm the black sheep of the community and all that, there is actually a tide shift happening that I am noticing in real time over the past few months. It's actually post Nashville tragedy where a lot of trans people are coming around and a lot of trans people are like, okay, Blair has been right about a lot of things. I've been noticing that I'm getting posted on like um, these trans, like uh, fun, like gossip uh, influencer, Instagram blog things. And it's like, those pages would never post me or my content. And then right. the comments are positive and I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> what? Right. Um, a lot of like big trans influencers recently are following me and even mm. publicly now being like Blair's been kind of fucking right about a lot of this shit because the leftist media, mm. this, this is, this is why people f- want me to believe that everyone on the right hates me. And even if that were the fucking case, it's not, I wouldn't have over a million subscribers in a career for seven years if that were the case. But even if I were to grant you that every right winger on the planet hates me because I'm trans, that does not mean that leftist media, leftists in general, leftist politicians are my friends either, because I can, right. I can sit here for an hour and list all the ways in which they harm me as a trans person and other trans people. So it's like, I don't know, like, how do I view people who are supporting sex changes for minor as my friend when they've fucking caused so much backlash towards adults who aren't harming anyone how do i view the people who turn a blind eye to like drag queen you know kid performances yeah um and and not pretend as if they're not causing a lot of this you know lgbt acceptance i i cite this all the time is on the decline for the first time in decades and it's that's why when you look at the ways in which activists are doing their activism for us now, how can you make the argument that it's working? If it were working, those metrics would be going up. There wouldn't right. be these huge cultural back, uh, battlegrounds over Target and Bud Light and all this shit. So even if you think the way I'm doing my shit is wrong, we can talk about that. But we're not going to pretend like leftist media is doing it right. We're not going to pretend like all these trans activists are doing it right either, because if that were the case, those metrics would not be like that. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, You can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or 
Go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talk to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. I felt like it was genuinely a really significant kind of turning point for trans people, like when Caitlyn Jenner came out. Mm-hmm. Because that back then, being trans was not nearly as acceptable as it is now. It was not as mainstream as it is now. And when she did that, um, it was like, that was a real moment that a lot of people were like, oh, Bruce Jenner, I know who he is, and now he's Caitlyn. And okay, well, I can't hate Caitlyn because I don't hate Bruce, so this makes me think differently. And I thought that was really cool. And then after that, it just sort of turned into just the fucking crazy TikTok people. And like, well, we just undid so many so much of the progress that caitlin made yeah and and people don't understand like you know when you whenever you complain about something on tiktok people sort of write it off like really you think like tiktok videos are like a big problem it's like why yeah, i do because they're getting yeah. hundreds of millions of views why why wouldn't i think that content coming out of a platform the most popular yeah platform on the planet about a certain group of people that happens to be a very small one and also the center of almost every political conversation happening right now how can i pretend like that's not shaping a narrative right of course it is right and so people get mad at me for you know the ways in which i feel are proper ways of being trans because i think there is a proper way to live as a trans person that optimizes the respect you get from other people and mm-hmm. i'm talking like i'm talking just general society like strangers on the street i'm not talking yeah. about sucking up to people or trying to earn favor of people i'm talking just how to move through the world and not get jumped from a transphobe and not get fucking like sexually assaulted by a man like i believe there are proper yeah. ways to do all that and but but also there's this new sort of paradigm shift that's happened that the concept of personal responsibility is not only foreign to a lot of people, but also like actively rejected. So the idea that I should, you know, transition at all in hopes of being called she by strangers on the street is seen as somehow an issue, but it's like, that's me taking my life into my own hands. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy to not take responsibility for any of that, because then of course you're not going to get called she on the street. So I, and if you don't want to be passing and you're okay with, you know, the way that people perceive you that's fine too oh yeah for sure so if you've seen old pictures of me um have you seen like old teenage pictures of me from that era that we keep talking about yeah so yeah i definitely um was not i didn't have like the surgeries and all that shit and like i didn't go out and called she all the time but i didn't get called he all the time either back then you know i had long hair i had like purple hair pink hair i used to walk out in my small conservative town wearing like fucking eight inch like glitter platform heels like and i and i would also go to these hardcore shows where they weren't actually as accepting as you would think either and i would get in like scraps yeah. at these shows but you know i didn't give a fuck who called me what at that point because you knew what you were doing if you're going out like right. this you know how people are gonna right or wrong right or wrong. wrong right it or is wrong. wrong but you know what that but you know what's gonna happen right and then and i knew that you know 
because I knew it was going to happen, regardless of what happened, I was always going to nut up and handle it. Like, oh, do you want to fight? Oh, we, we can fight. Do you want yeah. to ask me an uncomfortable fucking question? I'll give you an uncomfortable answer. I didn't give a fuck. But now those same people that sort of live in that like aesthetic that I lived in, it's become like political. And it wasn't right. political for me back right. then. It was just me being fucking me. Um, so it sucks, you know. I, I, the landscape of where trans is right now is really, really ugly. And I don't even think trans activists would deny that the world was a lot more like accepting and friendly towards trans people when people just didn't know so much fucking about it. Yeah. Like there's just so much overexposure. And like I see yeah. people that aren't trans on Twitter talking about shit to do with trans. I don't even know what they're talking about. Like really niche things having to do with the medication and the process and the right. and I'm like I didn't know that. You know, it's just crazy. It's really odd to me. Like, I don't know why so many, I totally understand if a, if a trans person or someone who's a family member of a trans person or whatever is that invested in it. Obviously, that makes sense to me. But I don't understand why so many cis people um, are so heavily, on both sides, are so invested in this. Like, why do you care so much? Well, we'll separate it by political groups. So, leftists who aren't trans are invested because the core of their ideology is to absorb groups of people that they believe are marginalized and fight right. for them and use them um it's it's and i'm not saying that they're the white they savior movement yeah and i'm not saying they do it in this noble way because they have completely used and abused trans people yep. for their political goals um so that's them. So they're invested because of that. And, and women and black people and every other one of these groups. Every other group. All, you're all just political pawns to them. Right. And then the right cares because there's, first of all, the religious segment that always is going to have their yep. fucking business and how people live their lives because the Bible said so. And it's like, you know what? Okay. Cool for your fucking Bible. And I am so glad. Not so cool for the rest of us. Right. And I am so glad that you have found something that brings you value and a way of life that you feel structures your day. Doesn't work for me. So yeah. we are at a fucking crossroads here the minute you start telling me about the Bible. So that's yeah. that segment of the right. And your book says I shouldn't exist. I would like to keep existing. So we have a problem. Right. And that's how I feel about Islam. That's how I feel about any of the shit. Right. It's like, yeah. it's like, I don't, subscribe to that shit. So I'm not going to subscribe to that shit. But then there's the segment of the more libertarian, right? Um, well, I guess this wouldn't be the libertarian, right? I would, there's like other people on the right that care deeply because they believe that they are protecting children, which I respect because there yeah. are so many ways in which it hurts children and women. Um, and it, it's frustrating that the left never like acknowledges that because it feeds into the right having ammunition. You know what I mean? It's yep. like, it's like, okay, we do have to have a conversation about how male rapists are being put in female prisons. We do have to have a conversation about how, you know, there's spas all over the country where women are seeing penises in the locker room. And if you actually care about the welfare of women, which you should, mm -hmm. you know, you should be pushing back on these people who are just predators. Absolutely. And, you know, these are not trans allies. They're just predators. Right. And if I do say so myself, and I'm not trying to sound like, I'm the fucking blueprint and I get everything right because I'm a human being who's evolved in many ways over the years and course of my career. But if I have gotten one thing right, it is maximizing tolerance for trans people among conservatives. 
Absolutely. In the, sen- in the sense of I wake up every day to an inundation of DMs, comments, and emails from people almost verbatim saying the exact same thing, which is this. I'm a conservative who lives in Kentucky, North Dakota, Arkansas, wherever the fuck. I've never met a trans person. I have only seen, you know, the online discourse about this. And I have been hateful and that ends today because I found your channel and I discovered that trans people can have something in common with me. So, and because I acknowledge those excesses, I acknowledge Mm -hmm. that kids are being harmed by sections. I acknowledge that women's sports are being harmed and they respect that. And people will call that pick me shit, but it's like, Okay, but aren't you a pick me for pretending none of that is fucking happening so you can remain in good graces with your right. leftist circles? Because I'm thinking that's a form of being picked, right? Yep. If anything, I've alienated, you know, segments of both groups. So I'm in some ways less picked than you. I'm up here by my fucking self, a one bitch army, a yep. one tranny army. Um, <laughs> and I'm cool with that because I'm an individual, like I said. But, you know, so if anything, I have provided a path and a layout for trans people to maximize acceptance among conservatives. And it's literally just as simple as saying, yeah, that is fucked up. We should find compromise on that. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, trans rights shouldn't actually impede on women's or children's rights. And it is possible to live in a world in which we have all of them and they don't stack on top of each other in ways that harm each other. It's, it's not impossible. Like here's a good example. When conservatives are talking about the bathroom shit, and you know how even someone like me shouldn't be in the fucking women's bathroom i'm like okay you're stupid because there's no statistical reality of trans women actually raping women in the bathroom that's not a thing that happens statistically bathrooms simply are not battlegrounds for this locker rooms are different locker rooms are different where people are nude that is different Mm -hmm. i think it is entirely inappropriate if i were to go and be naked from the bottom down in front of women. I think that is so. But disgusting. it also sucks because where are you? I mean, you don't belong in the men's locker room either. And it, it sucks for people like you. There are not that many of you and there isn't really a great place for you. And that sucks. Right. But also like, it doesn't suck that bad because if one of the few things that I sacrifice by living my authentic self and being me is that like, I don't use locker rooms. It's like, I'm so cool with that because what yes. are the it's like I, I don't play sports and you know i don't need to find myself in like necessarily a locker room Even, like i go to a spa here in austin and there are locker rooms that i legally could use but i just use the bathroom area because i'm like i don't want to make anyone ever feel uncomfortable not because they necessarily will clock me as trans although i'm sure that happens but also like i'm publicly known as a trans person and i'm very known in austin so i don't want people to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And I don't want to be fucking think, uncomfortable. And I think in almost any situation, you know, if there wasn't a great place for you, you could just approach whatever the person in charge and be like, Hey, just so you know, I'm trans. So I don't really feel, can, can we work something out for me? And they would say, sure, just, you know, use this area or whatever. I think the world is more accommodating than people, you know, may believe. Yeah. And, and also like not every lane is for you. I say that all the time. Sure. Like, being trans, it's like, it doesn't mean you have access to everywhere that you want or every lane, every room. And guess what? Women don't have access to every lane that I've had. There's been so many doors I have walked through simply because I'm trans. There's been so many fucking amazing experiences I've had and so many 
cool situations I've been in that were specifically because I was trans and if I was born a woman simply wouldn't happen. So it's not as if it's just black and white thing. You know, this is maybe a little not specifically about me being trans, although in a way it is. Um, So one of the biggest moments to bring it back to music a little bit uh, uh, before I kind of grew up and like entered like the post hardcore, like punk, all that shit. I grew up with a metalhead mother who like, I grew up on like, mm, so Iron that's Maid. where it all started. Yeah. I grew up on like okay. all that corny shit too. Like all the progressive metal too. Like just, Uh-oh. and I still love all that shit too. Like I still play like corny progressive, like European fucking, but anyways, um, back in December, I got a DM from someone in Judas priest which was one of the main bands I grew up on. Yeah, that's cool. And, and they were like, so I'm a fan. I want you to come to the show and like meet everyone. And like, that was such an otherworldly experience. Yeah. And I know so much that I'm famous because I'm trans. I wouldn't have been in that situation if sure. I was not trans. So that's a bit of an offshoot. But at the same time, I look at specific things like that. And I'm like, you know what? My life's actually fucking kind of cool because I'm trans. And I I don't feel the need to put myself in places where I don't belong because there's so many places I do belong. Well, that's one of my favorite things about you is that you kind of pop up in all these like unexpected kind of bizarre places. And it makes me so happy every time because it's like this the simulation glitching. Um, yeah. One one of those was uh, that Tom McDonald video that you were in. Um, how did how did I mean? I never thought I would see that. Um, how did that happen, and what was that like? Uh, it was fucking cool. Uh, so Tom is a good friend. So it's his girlfriend Nova, and she works very closely with him on all the music. Like it's basically just them. Um, and she for does the a level lot of the videos, right? Yeah, and it's so crazy because you know. I know people are either super fans or not fans of him. And he's another very divisive person just by nature of his music as well. But, you know, whether you're a fan or not, you got to admit for just to be just those two. The amount super of, impressive. The amount of success he's had and the quality yeah. of the content and the videos and the music. I'm like, they are fucking rock stars. Um, yeah, it came about because they were fans of me and they were like, you know, we think it'd be really cool to have you in this video and like not make it about you being trans, not make anything mm-hmm. like that. Just like come be like the video girl in our fucking video and let's like blow some minds. And I'm like, let's do it. And I was like traveling at the time for a family member's wedding and I hopped on a plane and I just went and I filmed it super quickly. And um, I believe I was the first trans woman ever in a rap video. And we can split hairs we and know say- of. What's up? That we know of. Right, right. Someone could be concealing yeah. that or whatever. But um, the first open, okay, the first openly trans woman in a rap video. And we can split hairs and say, well, it's a white rapper. It's a conservative rapper. I think that makes it even fucking cooler. Like, absolutely. It's hilarious. Like, what? Like, okay, so <laughs> we're really getting into the fucking nitty gritty. And the yeah. crazy part is like, that video has, I think, like over 20 million views, which is, I think that's probably easily the most viewed piece of content I've been in. And the majority of the people commenting have no idea I'm trans and just think I'm a hot bitch in the video. And that to me is like, that is the vehicle towards acceptance for people like me that I want to be a part of, or I'm just like living my life, doing my fucking thing, like being cool. That's the real shit to me. You know, it's like, I don't. Yeah. 
in a way, it's frustrating to me that you talk about trans stuff so much. And I understand why you do, you know, because that's, you know, it's, it, you know, people know any of us for one thing and they want you to keep talking about that thing. But, you know, I just think you're an interesting person and I get tired of hearing about trans stuff, not just from you, just from anybody. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I would love it if you would talk about more things, you know, just that have nothing to do with politics at all. I really want to, you know, and that's why I do um, my podcast because I love sprinkling in like I do an hour of just the news and reacting to stuff. And so I get to give my opinions on other stuff. And, you know, that's been really rewarding for me because my main channel is super trans focused. And I get very frustrated with the topic because it's so heavy. But yeah, exactly. But there are so few people coming at the topic in the way that I do that I don't want to make myself seem like I feel like I'm more important than I am. But until there's like a bastion of trans people saying the shit I'm saying and and doing shit in the way that I feel like is productive, I feel like I kind of fucking have to. And I would love to pass the the fucking rhinestone princess tiara to the next (laughs) trans bitch who comes up and, and wants to do the Blair White thing in hopefully an even cooler way. Yeah. But until then it's like i don't know i i i'm in a really unique position it's like so many other people that are just like influencers that do technically sort of the same thing as me and you know cultural figures it's like they have sort of a blueprint for what they're doing if that makes sense like people have done what they're doing already to a, to a great extent so like a fucking uh let's give an example um who's like a so there's Tucker, Tucker Carlson at the top, and then there's a bunch of people that want to do the Tucker Carlson thing, yeah. right? Like Dan Bongino or whoever. Yeah, you can then you can go down the list, yeah. and there's B, and there's C, and there's D, which yeah. for all that. There's not a trajectory that's ever been played out really in history for like a right-wing trans woman doing what the fuck right. I'm doing. You can say Caitlyn, but like she transitioned at like fucking 70, 80 million years old. So it's like, is that really the same it's thing? It's a different deal, yeah. It's a different deal. So like I she's feel, more of like part of the Kardashian extended universe, which is yeah. its own whole thing. Yeah. So I do feel like in that sense, it's like whatever happens from any of this, it's like it just happens. And uh I don't beat myself up over necessarily maintaining the trajectory of it because I can't predict any of it. And then also I do feel like I don't care if people think I'm big headed for this. I do feel like what I'm doing is fucking important because I fucking people would never expect these words to come out of my mouth. I fucking love trans people. I think real trans people are the coolest motherfuckers. Every like real trans person I meet, I find something so fucking rad about them. I'm just like, you, you've done so much to get where you are. When I meet the real trans people, I'm like, you're, you're a fucking cool bitch. Like you're killing it. You know, I, I do, too. And I've never really said those words in, in, in that way, but I do, too. I didn't know a single trans person until maybe 10 or 12 years ago. And through my content, I've met a lot of them and they're fucking cool people. Every single one of them is really cool. A lot of them are weird, mm-hmm. um, but they're really fucking like super nice, gentle people. Um, and just like, really, I, I love them. They're really cool people. And I'm I'm a, like a huge advocate for trans people, not because of some identity politics type shit, but just because I've met all of them and I like them a lot. And because they're fucking people. And I have like so much respect for anyone who's just 
been through shit and has come on top of it because the trans shit aside, I've been through a lot of shit in my fucking life. I've been fucking, I'm a rape victim. I fucking, you know, like I said earlier, it's like I spent my whole childhood getting fucking jumped, getting called a faggot. Like every member of my immediate family is a drug addict. Um, Like I've been through a lot of shit. Like my dad died when I was 19. We had a horrible relationship. So it's like anytime I recognize that ability to overcome something and just be yourself i'm like that's a cool person and so people think i'm so transphobic and it's like actually i'm out here genuinely fighting for trans acceptance i'm just doing it in a way that may seem foreign to you but that is my fucking goal truly I, i stand with real transsexuals and the goal of all my content is to not normalize them in a sense a leftist would say because we're not normal yeah. we're fucking freaks and that's actually cool. normalize them right like just being in a fucking music video and it not mentioned that i'm trans and yeah. have a conservative audience like that or even just being a right-wing commentator as a trans person that is just being a person you know yeah well, an- another one of my favorite, maybe the ultimate like Blair White simulation glitch was the, uh, <laughs> the podcast. Well, aside from hanging out with Jake Shields, which was weird because I've been an MMA and jujitsu fan forever, I'm like Blair White and Jake Shields. Okay, never thought I'd see that. <laughs> but the uh, the podcast with Tim Pool, Alex Jones, and Joe Rogan, yeah. I-, I like looking at some of the like s- the screenshots of that. I almost felt like you were a little bit of like deer in the headlights of like, <laughs> <laughs> what have I gotten myself into? Um, tell me about that experience. Oh yeah, that was okay. So I had just moved to Austin, Texas at that point, And I moved from Hollywood and I was still under this like mindset of like, if you're a content creator, this is a stupid false mindset, but if you're a content creator, it's like, you have to be in like LA to like have opportunities and go to certain events and be around certain people. And I was kind of panicking about having moved to Austin. Cause I'm like, what the fuck did I do just moving to Texas? It's like, I've been in California my whole life, born and raised. What am I doing? Um, And so I was feeling like very like, who are my people here? Do I have friends or have whatever? And then the RV stream happened and I had known Joe uh, through the internet for years, like just kind of casual internet friends. And he always was a supporter. I had known Alex. I had done his show for, or I had done his show one time, like at the very beginning of my career. And then I met Michael Malice and he's my best friend now. Um, and it was just this very surreal, like, okay, I think I found like some fucking momentum here in Texas and like a group of people that seem cool. And you know, what's crazy is like, people assume the worst about Joe Rogan and the worst about Alex Jones. Um, and they assume that they really are transphobic. And it's like, that's been a big lesson for me, understanding the difference between media perception of individuals and real life. Um, you know, Joe Rogan has multiple times on his podcast when I wasn't even on defended me very publicly, Mm -hmm. very loudly said specifically conservatives who think trans people aren't real should listen to Blair White. Alex Jones platformed trans people years and years and years before that was cool. He had Buck Angel on uh, very early on. And there's that one uh, Navy SEAL. um, I forget their name. I don't know, but but yeah, he's, he's yeah. He, you know, and then, um, you know, Alex, the other day, Alex Jones, this, this clip is on my Twitter, went on like a fucking 20 minute rant about how he doesn't care if conservatives think that he's hypocritical for liking me, that I'm a good person and all this shit and was calling me she and all this stuff, which people assume he never would. And it's like, 
you know, these people are a lot older than me and live very different lives out here in Austin. But whenever we intersect, it's always just really fun. And it's interesting to sort of be grouped in with people that the public perception of them is just so wildly off and you see them them and it's like, wow, you know, Roseanne's another one, you know, Uh Roseanne's fucking awesome. She's the coolest person. And the fact that the media railroaded her and really tried to like ruin her fucking life is crazy. Uh, So, but I think that these people, even though I'm obviously in terms of like notoriety or fame or whatever, like a fucking, level one to their like 12 i think that they recognize that the real me and the public perception of me is very similar to the situation they have which is that it's just wildly different and so they get it you know uh the it, it felt like a rare situation where you are the quietest personality yeah. in the room that the energy just seemed it's crazy because you know what it was i was i was literally thinking in real time um, and this is how you know, like the trans people who think that I just don't care about normalizing or, or promoting acceptance of trans people, like l- listen to this little talk I had in my head as I'm sitting in between Alex Jones, Joe Rogan, Michael Malice Temple, and they're all screaming and yelling and whatever. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know what? No other trans person, perhaps on the planet, not even perhaps I'll say it. I don't care who gets mad at me. There's not one other trans woman on the planet who could be sitting here right now and that would be let in this room and that would be a, and would find it in themselves to even want to be in this room because they're all so scared of these, all these people around me that like I have fucking won and made a case for trans people by just sitting here and looking cute. So they can scream around me and I'm just going to sit and I'm just going to make funny faces and I'm just going to be fucking me. And I already like won. So I didn't feel the need to scream over them because I was like, I don't really know much about, a fucking depopulation plan that they keep screaming about. So I'm not going to interject. And the fact that I'm just a fucking tranny sitting here is doing a lot. In my opinion, (laughs) I totally agree. And like, it was such a win. I I watched the Reddit comments on that and a ton of them were like, who's that hot girl they had on the show. And people were like, Oh, that's Blair white. She's trans. And they were like, Oh, just kind of not expecting that. And like just that small exchange right there of them having that moment in their head, like, oh, this is a trans person that, like, didn't beat me over the head with the fact that they were trans from, like, the first moment. Right. Um, and that people, even just that. And that people that they admire are not only comfortable being around, but are clearly friends. Like, yeah. you know, it's not as if I was just planted in there. Because there's also the narrative that I get used in those situations. And it's like, Joe Rogan doesn't need to use me for shit. No. Alex Jones doesn't even need to use me for shit. Although I will say, I think that I have done kind of a lot for Alex. Not that I am owed anything by him, but, you know, I think that he gets treated like such a pariah. And then, you know, I put him on my channel, my podcast, and those videos did so well. I think that I've kind of helped keep him in the ether of like somewhat safe on the internet to not just be a complete, I don't know, underground, like hated figure. But yeah. Um, none of those people need to use me for anything, you know? So the fact that these people who maybe like these people and are transphobic themselves, speaking of the fans, um, see that the people they idolize and love so much want to have a trans person around them, I think matters. Um, 
So that's real trans representation. I mean, what yep. should I what should I be doing? Should I just be having fucking conversations with people who already agree with me and, and or sorry, that already like love trans people and support trans people? Or should I be sending rooms with people who at least publicly are seen as not friendly towards me? It's a no brainer. My, my favorite Reddit comment though on that one, there was a picture of like you and Joe and I think Michael Malice, I don't remember who it was, but definitely you and Joe and one other person. And the comment was Blair White is the tallest dude in that room. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, it's crazy how like we're all short though. Like it's kind of weird how that panned out. It's like, but what's funny is like for whatever reason, all the pictures that we've ever taken, there's some sort of fucking distortion happening because I actually <laughs> am shorter than all of them. Like Michael's one inch taller than me exactly. And then I think Joe's one inch taller than him. And then we took some picture where because of the perspective, I'm the tallest. Right. And I'm like, I'm like the iPhone really would play the tranny in the picture, but, um, yeah. but yeah, it's weird how we're all short. <laughs> well, last question I have for you. Um, right. we'll, we'll play a little game of F Mary kill. Oh, great. Uh, the, the, the scene edition. So F Mary kill, let's go with, um, Pete Wentz, uh, Ronnie Radke circa escape the fate, like situations okay. era, Ronnie Radke. And, um, and uh Antillian. F Mary Kill. Okay. Um. Blair White at a loss for words. This is a first. Well, it's weird because I know Tillian, so it's like I don't want to kill exactly. him. Exactly. That's why I had to put it in there. Okay. I had to make it super weird. Okay. I, I would say marry Tillian because a good marriage to start from a friendship, although Okay. Please no one take that the wrong way because no one's getting, we're not getting married. He has a girlfriend who's very gorgeous. Um, fuck. I'm not really attracted to Pete once or Ronnie, but I guess Ronnie, because I feel like he might just be more fun in the bedroom. I feel like he would put in the work. Yeah. Yeah. He followed me recently and asked, he was like, Hey, do you have a podcast? Like in a DM? And I'm like, yeah, do you want to be on? And then he didn't text back or DM back. And I'm like, Okay. Um, and then, and I like what he's doing, by the way, recently, like I'm not tuned into all the music he makes, but he put out one video recently. It was like, watch the world burn or something. And I was like, yeah. this is an epic fucking video. Um, yeah, he's killing it. He's probably yeah. the most popular like artist in that whole scene right now. And you yeah, know, that's 20 years into his career. And he's really sort of, um, I would say like almost like come out as a little bit on the red pilled side of things. Yeah, I've seen that. Getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I've seen that. And I, I respect the longevity. I'm all about longevity. Um, and then I guess so then I guess kill Pete Wentz because I don't know. It's never a huge I mean, you gotta kill that's the way the game works. And Sorry, and Pete. I was never a huge fallout boy fan. I mean, I I respect the bangers, but I was never like listening to every album, you know. All right. Well, there we have it. Well, Blair, thank you so much for joining me. Really appreciate this. And, uh, yeah, see you in the next video. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. <laughs> 